Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading higher this morning on the back of an overnight rally on Wall Street and signs that inflation is picking up in Japan. Sydney is leading the charge. The ASX 200 is up more than 1%. Tokyo isn't far behind. Seoul is up three quarters of a percent in early trade. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, I'm Michelle Martin and he is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Happy wet Tuesday to you, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. I see you notice that I look like a seal this morning. <laughs> yes, caught in the rain. Let's start the morning with the world of shipping and energy and how global trends are impacting one of the hottest stocks on the Singapore market, Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding. Now, to get at the roots of this story, we have to start in Europe, where Germany and other countries are scrambling to obtain new sources of fuel in the face of the continuing war in Ukraine and sanctions against Russia. Ships are carrying liquefied natural gas, diesel and crude to Europe from further away than usual to replace Russian energy supplies. Ryan, what impact is this having? How is this disrupting the global shipping market? Yeah, that's a very good overview of how things are playing out in the energy market, right? With the disruptions caused by the Ukraine war, that has led to many countries trying to get their supplies from elsewhere. And this requires ships shipping it from elsewhere. And these ships will have to then take a longer route. And that means these ships typically use for other reasons, sometimes for supplies of energies from the usual places are now having to spend more time on their routes. So it means effectively the capacity is reduced because you have these ships being taken up for a longer time and that means the demand for these ships effectively raises the prices. So freight rates for LNG vessels are going up. And this could then have a no, trickle-down effect into prices that consumers like you and me will have to pay um, back home for power. And this, of course meaning businesses will have to absorb some of these costs. So it's going to be a long-running issue for the energy market and, of course, many other businesses. All right. On the point of energy costs rising, I want to bring this story home to the Singapore market now. Shipping costs rising, I should say. How is the global vessel shortage affecting Yang Zichang's business? It's a case of bad news for us, good news for them because they are in the business of making vessels and they are going into the making of vessels for LNG orders. So that is why we are seeing Yonder Jiang's stock doing pretty good yesterday, gaining as much as 3.9%. Um, and this is actually on Friday's action. And this is with that news that is going to be entering into an agreement to construct these vessels after you obtain what's called a GTT license um, to make these uh, specially constructed vessels for carrying LNG, liquefied natural gas. So this is putting it um, well positioned for tapping this market for LNG freight. Yang Zichang Shipbuilding has been one of the most actively traded stocks on the Singapore market of late. It closed down 2% yesterday, but still, its shares are up 
7% over the past month, 36% since the beginning of the year. And they're currently trading just above $1 per share. But CGSCIMB has set a target price of $1.63. Now, if CGSCIMB is right, that would represent a gain of more than 60%. What do you think, Ryan? It's quite yeah, bullish wow. outlook. Where Yang Zhang is right now is mm. a dollar and one cent. And like you pointed out, it's been getting quite a bit in recent um, months. For the past six months, it's up 32%. Year to date, around the same. And for the past year, around 27%. And it might have more to go if you go by CGSCIMB's target price of a dollar 63. It does have some. Um, good reasons to be bullish, like we've been outlining the future for Yanji Jiang seems to be going into these vessels for LNG carriage. And it is getting the licenses, the agreements in place, and it could be the new revenue source for them. Yeah, target prices by analysts usually tend to be about 15 to 20% above the stock's current trading level. But here, if CGSCIMB is right, you're looking at more than a 60% gain or a Yeah, around there. So we'll keep an eye on shipping. But in the meantime, let's switch to another form of getting to one place, from one place to another. And I'm talking about ground transport, specifically cars. And there are fresh signs this morning that the supply chain hurdles are impacting the world's car makers. So Ford Motor is warning investors that shortages of parts are affecting tens of thousands of its vehicles and that it expects to encounter significantly higher costs as a result. So just how much money is Ford talking about? It's a big one. One billion US dollars. There's an extra one billion that it expects to incur because of supply chain issues. So this is affecting roughly 40,000 to 45,000 vehicles, mainly high-margin trucks and SUVs that it can't deliver to dealers. In the current quarter, it will have to deliver them to the dealers in the fourth quarter. So a bit of a delay, if things do go to plan, might be even longer, but an extra cost for them to absorb because things are just getting more expensive and supply chain issues also just being felt in the wider car industry. Many of these car makers are talking about missing parts. They can't complete their vehicles with and having to put off the delivery. Uh, But the good news, I guess, is it says for the entire financial year, it is still on track to keep its projections. So I guess just a bit of a delay in terms of quarter results, but for the yearly basis, it is still projecting or keeping its projections. Now, this past week, FedEx issued a stark warning about its earnings and global economic trends, and that really rattled markets. Ford doesn't quite have the same impact on the overall economy, but I'm wondering... How do you think investors are going to interpret this latest supply chain issue? Yeah, I'm looking at how this might be a reflection of wider issues. And it's not just Ford. You also have General Motors. So they recently in July also warned that supply chain issues would affect them. In fact, hit their second quarter earnings. They had about 95,000 vehicles already in their inventory made, but missing some components so they can't deliver it to the dealers. So that's a reflection of how supply chain issues are just weighing on many industries. And if you put into focus what's happening this week, you've got the Fed expected to hike rates. And this brings into question, you've got all these inflationary pressures being forced or being caused by supply chain issues. Any hike interest rates will not solve these supply chain issues. So this is more 
uh, an issue of demand targeting when you look at interest rate hikes. So the supply chain issues will mean inflation will likely remain sticky for quite some time and it will need more than interest rate hikes to address them. I want to talk about broader markets, Ryan, because investors are nervous ahead of a host of central bank decisions this week about interest rates, not least of which is what you touched on there, the US Federal Reserve. It is expected to make an announcement about this tomorrow. Shares in the US swung between positive and negative territory overnight before there was a late burst of selling that pushed them ahead. The Nasdaq finished up three quarters of a percent. The Dow and S&P 500, they weren't far behind. Now, the big question that markets are trying to assess is this, just how much pain are central bankers willing to risk or inflict on the economy in order to temper inflation? What is your take on this? Yeah, it really depends on when you ask and who you ask these days. Because I remember in the lead up to the previous FOMC meeting, the expectations of what interest rate hike would be really changed in just a matter of days. And the previous meeting as well. So we were talking about 50 basis points not too long ago and then it became 75 and now pretty much more the money the money's on 75 right now and there's some inkling of 100 basis points by some market watchers so this is one to watch to see if we get any further I guess signals that inflation might be hotter than expected and here to stay for longer so this will put the focus on the FOMC's projections. We will get the dot plot graph, which will give an indication of how optimistic the Fed will be for the economy in the coming quarters. So that will, in some fashion, show how much pain, how much more pain will be in store. So with the interest rate hikes, we are seeing these interest rate levels effectively going to its highest in 14 years. So for businesses, for individuals, they will have to adjust to these new levels, these new normals. And this is going to mean they have to adjust their budgeting plans, their spending plans. So it could mean your lifestyle, to some extent, could face some challenges. You can't afford the same level if you are perhaps uh, trying to look at some segments of population. So that could be the type of pain you could be seeing, the economy having to deal with higher interest rates. At the same time, September is historically a bearish month for stocks. The latter part of September, where we find ourselves on the calendar right now, is usually the worst period of all. Tell us more. Yeah, September is typically what they call the worst month of the year for stocks and it has been a case based on historical patterns and going by what we've seen so far it has been also playing out to that same scenario where we saw for many reasons why uh, markets were just um, going through with a slump we had last week the consumer price inflation data just weighing on markets hotter than expected and going by what indications are pointing to right now uh, the S&P 500 has seen an average decline of more than 1% during the final 10 trading days of the month. So we are now going into the last 10 trading days. And if history repeats itself, we could be in for more. And if you look at the technical indicators, they also do not bode well. We are looking at the 200-day moving average. The S&P 500 is under that 
200-day moving average. And that indicates a bearish trend. So signs are pointing down. Time for corporate news. A quick game of up or down. So we move in two directions now. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. Meta and Mark Zuckerberg. Mm, I would go with down because... Meta has not had a good year for many reasons, among them regulations, among them the interest rate hikes, just seeing money flock elsewhere. And Mark Zuckerberg, his wealth intern, has seen a bit of a wipeout. $71 billion, his wealth, seeing a bit of an erosion so far. Exactly. So Mark Zuckerberg's pivot into the so-called metaverse has cost him dearly in the real world because his fortune has been cut nearly in half. Zuckerberg has lost so far this year 71 billion US dollars. So that is definitely a down for Meta and Mark Zuckerberg in my book. But if you soak it in, what is 71 billion and what is half of that? You are still quite a rich guy. (laughs) So I don't think he's going to feel it. Uh, I think you'd feel $71 billion lost. <laughs> I think you would. Uh, let's look at Apple. Do you have the latest phone yet or not? No, I am still holding out and probably for a bit more because it <laughs> is one of those things I'm trying to milk it to the max when it comes to my devices. <laughs> Me too. The latest data appears to show strong consumer demand for Apple's new iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max. Demand not so strong for other iPhones, so according to research by Bank of America. So the iPhone 14s have higher selling prices than standard iPhones. I think this is all good news for Apple and so it's an up in my book. What about you? Yeah, I'll go with up because I saw the queues for the Apple phone at the Apple Store in Singapore, it was a long line at Orchard Road. Mm. And people have traveled from overseas, from Vietnam, for neighboring countries, just to line up. And then once they got a phone, they just went home. So it was really <laughs> an event, an event that really brought in foreign visitors. It's that big. Yeah, I see it all the time on Instagram. People proudly unboxing their phones live on Instagram. Where do you get a new phone, Michelle? What are you waiting for? When? Yeah. I still have mine from four years back. It's a long time Talk ago. Talk about four milking. That was the last decade. Milking things out of my phone. Yeah, it still works great. All right, let's look at Beyond Meat. Huh, this <laughs> is an interesting one. I would go down. So, <laughs> Beyond Meat's COO, well, has been arrested for apparently biting another man's nose. Talk about alternative protein. (laughs) Such a weird story, right? Head of a vegetarian company arrested for allegedly biting a man's nose. The COO's name is Doug Ramsey and he got into a fight with someone in a car park Mm. following an American football game. Now, I'm not sure if he left with a bit of that man's nose in his mouth, but what do you make of this? Yeah, it looks like a case of road rage uh, when Mm. somebody apparently hit into his vehicle. It came out and back and forth, it ended up with someone biting someone. So this is not a good look for Beyond Meat, which is already going through quite a bit of a hard time. Uh, Its stock price over the past year is down over 70%. Wow. And it's going through many issues, competition among them, Mm. and investors disappointed over stumping sales and long-term prospects. So to have their COO, the guy who is supposed to keep the ship running and steady, Going through these negative headlines, it's not going to do you any favours. You just can hear the jokes, right? He must have needed a bit of meat. He must have needed some protein. All right, last Uh, up today, the video game maker Take-Two Interactive. 
I will go with down. So I'm not sure if you played Grand Theft Auto before. I try not to, but my brothers inflicted on my uh, zone So you're quite sight. familiar with how it works, right? Yeah. It's a bit of a virtual Thug, world. Thuggy Th- car game. So you're a bit of a gangster. You go through the world trying to do things. Sometimes you steal cars. Sometimes you beat people up. So you can do anything you want in this world. <laughs> so basically, that's how it works. So the last one was back in 2013. And the sequel is what GTA 6 is a lot of gamers are looking out for because mm. it's said to be larger than the past ones and it has been nearly 10 years since the last edition so it's hotly anticipated but someone else managed to get their hands on it it was a hacker who managed to leak some early development videos as well as steal some source code so it's quite ironic when you think about a game called Grand Theft Auto and someone actually making off with some of your stuff. Life is so strange, so much stranger than fiction. So yeah, uh, to sum up, a hacker has published this these authentic pre-release footage from the development of Grand Theft Auto 6. And it is indeed one of the most highly anticipated video games. Has been under development since 2014. Not a good look for the game's parent company, Take-Two Interactive, if it can't fend off hackers. So, down for me. Let's check in on how stocks are doing this morning. We are 21 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index started the week off in the red, falling about one-third of a percent yesterday to 32.56. How are the blue chips doing this morning, Ryan? Are they clawing back any of those losses? Yeah, across the region is green on the screen and we are seeing Asian markets bouncing back, including Singapore. And we have only one counter in the red. That is Singtel, down zero. 0.4% at 268. We have otherwise at the top of the table, Jardine Second Carriage up 1.7%, Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust up 1%, and followed by Capricorp up 1% as well. Uh, banks in the green led by UOB up by 0.8% at 2747. So it's looking good so far for Asia, and this of course tracks the positive handover from Wall Street, which snapped a two-day losing streak. And apparently, Joe Biden says the pandemic is over. So that seems to be adding some cheer to the markets. Well, Chinese scientists who came up with a face mask would disagree. Now, this is a special face mask, Ryan, and it lets users know if they've been exposed to COVID-19 or the flu. So a sensor is built into this mask and it's able to detect several viruses in the air within 10 minutes and then it will send a notification to your device. What do you think? Wow, this is really uh, mixed because it <laughs> can really be helpful, but at the same time, it really knows everything. So it seems like Chinese authorities will be very pleased to have such data tracking devices. Uh, but it does make it more convenient to be able to tell if you've been you know, in uh, effect, infected with COVID-19. So it could help by and large to control these um, COVID-19 outbreaks. Yeah, it's a new device that's mounted on the mask and it comes with a rechargeable lithium battery. I don't know, you know, in this day and age, people seem to want to just rip those masks off and forget them entirely. But I can think of some situations where this sort of information might actually panic users. Uh, you're on a plane and your mask sends you a warning. Then what, you, what do you do? Oh dear, (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) He's Ryan Huang, I'm Michelle Martin. Thanks so much for being with us here on Market View.
Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.